We are going to be in Luke chapter 1. As you turn there, I want to take a moment before we get going. We're going to pray. But as I pray, I want each of you to think about the world around you. I want you to examine everything and think of everything that's taking place in the world around us, from here in Chiang Mai to the world afar. So we're going to pray right now, but I want you to think of the situation of the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity just to study your word, to take time out of the week just to come together as a fellowship, as brothers and sisters in Christ, and just uh, dig deep into your word to learn through your scriptures more about you, Lord, and what you've done for us. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just be upon this place. As I pray each week, Lord, I pray that you'd remove all the distractions that would come this way. Lord, that our hearts and minds would just be in tune to study your word, that your Holy Spirit would speak to each one of us something that we'd be able to just reflect upon during the week, that each day that we'd go out and serve you, Lord, we'd have something to take with us to be reminded from your word. Lord, I especially want to lift up Myanmar in the live stream as it's going out. Lord, I just pray that everyone would be able to listen in, the, the video and the audio would be clear. And they would be able to understand the message that you would have for them. So, Lord, I praise you and I thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. So I I started with that question. What's going on with the world around us? Think about all the things that you would read on the news or even Facebook. And think of all the different things. Think about all the COVID, the wars. Uh, Just think about the world. You know, as I thought about it. I started with my hometown. I'm actually from Nevada. I've been getting a lot of text and a lot of uh, correspondence about there's a big, huge fire going on, and it's burning like all around uh, where I'm from. 6,500 acres so far it's burned. And unfortunately, it actually burnt one of my friend's house and their car. I mean, they showed me pictures. All you seen was just black ash in a pile where their house used to be, and then their car... It was just like a structure, just a frame. That's all it was left. Then in my hometown, just weeks before, there was an earthquake, a six-point-something earthquake. And this was not like Southern California when there's a lot of earthquakes. This is in Nevada. So all these strange things are taking place. And, you know, it concerns me when I I hear these things, all these things in the world taking place. I hear these natural disasters all around the world. Just a week or so ago, we heard about an earthquake in Japan, I believe. Then... I heard of an earthquake in the Philippines, some, some friends. And then I heard about some volcanoes going off in the Philippines. So I'm hearing about all these things taking place. What else, what else is going on in the world around us? I was thinking, well, what about the church? What's going on in the church around the world? In the U.S., I looked up a statistic. The church membership in the U.S. is down 20% right now. And the, the church itself, I know especially in the U.S., but around the entire world, truly, the church has become very divided. It's been a major problem as I look at the situation in the world around us. Then what about, there it is, COVID. That's going on in the world. It's brought death. It's brought fear. And so many other devastating problems through COVID. People in the church and out of the church are more divided than ever before that I've ever seen. There's even, within families, there's hatred over simple things like mask wearing or should I get the vaccine or not get the vaccine? Did you know that 
Domestic violence and crime is up like never before. Suicides have increased daily. Uh, Substance abuse is just on the rise. I could go on and on and tell you about all the things going on in the world right now. And then I think about Myanmar because it's close to my heart. I've been getting calls every day, and I was listening to a podcast, a news program the other day. Myanmar was made the national news. They said that bodies are stacking up so fast that the people that take care of that can't even keep up, and they're working day and night. Um, you know, every single family I know there, and I know a lot of people, has COVID. I mean, it's weird. I mean, it's crazy. Every single family I know, and every single family, someone close to them, maybe not their immediate, but someone close to them has died. So when I look at this and I see all this going on, I, I, then I think the medical care uh, in Myanmar, it's horrible. There was a, people lined up to get oxygen, and then the military came through and shot the people in line at the hospital because they weren't supposed to be out there gathering. The world around us is evil. We know this. It's, fallen, it's a fallen world, and it's getting worse every single day. The prophecies that we read about in our Bibles are unfolding right before our very eyes. And we're seeing it. We're seeing the world around us deteriorating day by day. Before we get into Luke, just keep your finger there or put your ribbon there. Uh, I want to look. We're gonna. I want to look to Luke twenty-one. So we're still gonna be Luke, but turn over to Luke twenty-one. Look at verse ten. We're gonna read this through nineteen. It's a lot. Luke twenty-one, verse ten through nineteen. Then he added, "Nation will go to war against nation, and kingdom against kingdom." There will be great earthquakes, there will be great famines and plagues in many lands, there will be terrifying things and great miraculous signs from heaven. But before all of this occurs, there will be a time of great persecution. You will be dragged into synagogues and into prisons. You will stand trial before kings and governors because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. So don't worry in advance about how to answer the charges against you, for I will give you the right words and such wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to reply or refute you. Even those closest to you, your parents, brothers, relatives, and friends will betray you. They will even kill some of you, and everyone will hate you because you are my followers. Not a hair of your head will perish by standing firm you will win souls. As I asked you about this situation going on in the world around you, are any of you surprised about what's taking place in the world? The question I start this message with as we look at the situation of the world around us is where have you placed your hope? And what is your response to the world around us as it becomes worse each and every day? What do you, where do you turn as you have to deal with the world and the situations around us? I just mentioned how violence and crime, suicide, substance abuse is increasing and how so many people are turning away from the church. I want to turn to one more verse, Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 23, 5 and 6. For the time is coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line. He will be a king who rules with wisdom. He will do what is just and right throughout the land. And this will be his name. The Lord is our righteousness. In that day, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. As we face looking at all these things happening in our world, we are not hopeless. Our hope 
is not in this world. Our hope has been revealed in Jesus. And this world, as we see all the things happening in it, we must remember it's not our home. Because the things of, all the things of this world will pass. And through faith, each one of us will inherit the kingdom of heaven. So yesterday, as I'm preparing this message on hope and on Jesus revealed, we got a message from Myanmar that one of our church members, um, he was just a dear friend of mine. His name is Solomon. And we found out that he has just died from COVID yesterday morning. And uh, he was my age, maybe a little bit older. Um, he had two very young children. And it was interesting as, uh, you know, we heard this and I just, my heart was just broken thinking of his wife and the children. Yeah, he was just an amazing man. Uh, every, he had a music school. And so he had all these kids, and he, uh, he just loved our church so much. He'd take and invite all the kids. So he'd just line up the rows in the church with all these kids and just overflow our children's ministry. And uh, just re- he'd take up two full rows in the church, and they were big rows, not like here. And he'd take just all these kids, and he'd just drag them into the church, and he just he loved to come to church. And uh, it was just horrible to hear this news that he had passed away. And I haven't had a chance to talk to his wife but how do you deal with this when you hear things like this happen in our world? This guy, he loved Jesus. He loved to invite people to church. He loved teaching children music. He loved leading worship. Um, what, what do I tell the children? His children are just dear to us. And as I thought about this, and what I can do is I can just keep reminding them and reveal the truth of who Jesus is. I don't know what else to say to them. I really don't. Um, I can tell them the promises that they have through their faith in Jesus, and they will once again be reunited with their Father one day in heaven. Because this hope that we have through faith in Jesus, it needs to be revealed to these kids and the hopeless and the people out there in the world. And this was hard news to hear, but I think that as I think of all these things that I just went through in the world, from the crime and these, these deaths and COVID, the answer is Jesus needs to be revealed to the, hope, the people that don't have hope. It's just The answer is Jesus. It's just that simple. And the hope that we have through faith in Jesus. So it's a big introduction, but I just, uh, yeah. So let's go back to Luke chapter 1, verse 26, right where we left off last week. Again, we are going chronologically through the Gospels. And as we go there, this is just where we're still ending up. So we'll start in verse 26 and 28 and learn how Jesus would be revealed to Mary. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Again, as we start and continue to study through Luke, we see that Luke, again, continues with background. They're giving us a timeline and a location of where this story has taken place. So we see this, and we know the Jewish people here have been living through a very, very difficult time. They've been ruled over by the Romans. They've been persecuted by the Romans. Um, more than ever, they were, these people, the Jewish people, were facing a hopelessness. As they, and they were awaiting. They were awaiting the promise of the Messiah. They were waiting for that promise of God to be fulfilled. Then we look at the verse as the, the location is given, Nazareth. Now, this is a village in Galilee, but it's interesting. This village had never, ever been bef- mentioned before in Scripture. It was just a small village with no real significance. 
Um, the people that, the local people that would have known the village, they'd only known it as where some of the poor, uneducated people were from. You know, I think back uh, to my hometown and where I was from, and I won't give any names of the places, but we had places like that, you know, like we lived in this area and there was this area over there and we just like, nobody really, that's kind of where all the really poor people lived or, um, that's what Nazareth was. It was just, it wasn't really known. Look at, look at verse 27 though, before we go here, because now we get introduced to Mary. What do we learn about Mary? Look at verse 27. What do you learn? We learn she was a virgin. We learn that she was betrothed to a man named Joseph. We also learn that his family line could be traced all the way back to King David. And this was very important because this would fulfill the prophecy that the Messiah, Jesus, would be of this family line. One thing that we should also understand is as we read this, we see that she was engaged. And I think that we've got to talk about that for a minute because in our today's culture, when we say engaged, it doesn't mean the same thing as what it meant in this culture. So I just want to take a minute to look at that because... In Jesus' time, or this time here, an engagement was actually a legal marriage contract. And it wasn't just between Mary and Joseph, but it was actually between the two families. And the only way this engagement could be broken, because it was actually a legal contract, was by divorce. So it's much different than today. I think we really take marriage very lightly in our culture, and especially in an engagement, it's taken much lightly. But in this time, they were actually legally married but remained living apart for about a year, maybe a little more. And then on the wedding night is when they would actually come together and live together. So Mary, as we talk about this, many people try to guess Mary's age. Um, I've heard some people say as young as 13. Um, I'm not really, we don't know, but I'm sure she was in her mid-teens anyways, which was the normal age for a girl to get married in that culture. Now as we Think about that, and I mentioned that this betrothal was for around one year. I don't know if you realize there's a reason for that. And part of that betrothal, just part of it, was also to make sure that Mary was going to be, when she was married to Joseph, that there was no infidelity at all. And that's that one-year time would allow for that to be seen. Because in that time, if this was to take place, that would be it means for divorce, and even to the point of, of stoning. So as we look at that, I think it's so important because we know what's going to happen with Mary. So Luke has introduced us. He's given us the timing. He's given us the place. He's given us the people. Now the story will begin with Mary being greeted by Gabriel, the angel. So through this greeting, if you look at the verse, we see some more details even about Mary. Look at verse 28. She is greeted as a favored woman. And then Gabriel even says, the Lord is with you. I thought about this. You know, I don't think we use that common saying to you, you know, walk up to someone and say, hello, favored man or favored woman, the Lord is with you. We really don't use that today. But as I think about this, what, who do I know or who would you know that you would say you could describe this way? Wow. This person is favored by God, or God is with them. Would you think of anyone that you would say that about, that God God is with that person? Now, I know that should describe each one of us, uh, but maybe some names come to your mind. Maybe you can come up with a name, that God is with that person. God has blessed that person. Who in your circle of people that you know would you say was highly favored by God? Who do you think of? Think of a name. 
I thought of a few people come to my mind, actually, that I was like, that person is really favored by God. They're truly blessed by the Lord. And as I thought about this, this is Mary. This is how the angel was speaking towards Mary. And I think that every person that came to my mind that I would say was highly favored for, by God, I would say every one of them was completely sold out for Jesus, that I know that, them. Every one of them. They have set aside all the things of the world and serve God with everything that they are. These people that I know that are truly favored by the Lord. This is qualities that Miriam surely had that led her to be chosen by God to be used in this very special way. Let's continue. Let's read Mary's response to hearing this in verses 29 through 33. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. What do you think your response would be? I mean, we kind of talked about it last week, to seeing an angel. Look at Mary's response. Her response in being visited by an angel is, I think, what most of us would experience also. What would you, what would you think your, your response would be? It says she was kind of disorientated. She was kind of upset. She was trying to understand what was taking place and trying to understand what the angel had just told her. Not only was this fact of this angel appearing to her, I mean, that alone was quite a bit, but also the greeting, right? Mary would have never seen herself as favored or blessed. She just saw herself as a young, poor girl from a small village. Yet the angel is in addressing her in a way that she would only see a person like maybe from the temple or a very religious leader being addressed that way. She would never view herself this way. So she didn't really understand. And then the angel, he sees Mary's response, and he starts to explain. What does he say? Again, just like last week. Don't be afraid. And then continues to explain to her what was going to take place. He tells this girl, Mary, that she's going to become pregnant with the Messiah. Then give, starts giving details, starting with the name that would be given to the child. Now we learn who Jesus is through Gabriel as he explains to Mary. What do we see that we start, we start learning, right? The, the title of this message is Jesus Revealed to Us. We start, Jesus is starting to be revealed to us. We learn he is going to be great. We learn that he's the son of God. We learn that this Messiah will be the one who has prophesied to King David in 2 Samuel and Psalm 89. And also, I'm not going to turn to all the scriptures, but I want to turn to at least one. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 13. Then Isaiah said, Listen well, your royal family of David. Isn't it enough to exhaust human patience? Must you exhaust the patience of my God as well? All right then. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Look. The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and we will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Go ahead and turn back to Luke. As we see these different prophecies being fulfilled, our hope is also further revealed to each one of us. We see that, what do you see in that last part of that verse? I love this one. Turn there. What do you see in verse uh, 33? Look at that verse. It's a beautiful verse. It says that Jesus will reign forever, that his kingdom 
will never end. This is Jesus revealed to us, the one that we've placed our faith in. It's so much bigger than this world around us that is perishing as we went through all the problems of this fallen world. So let's continue. Let's see how Mary is going to take this message. I mean, can you imagine receiving this message? Let's see what she's got to say. Look at verse 34. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. Now, there's, I read a lot of commentaries on this, and most people really side with Mary. They really believe Mary just had a ton of faith and that she just asked this, like, a legitimate question. Like, how is this going to take place? Um, I don't know if you want to call it disbelief or lack of faith in Mary, or maybe she was just asking the question. But I think that Mary was looking at her, this worldly circumstance, or understanding of what needed to take place for her to conceive a child. Now, last week, we talked about this, and with uh, Elizabeth... And I called it disbelief with personal justification, explaining why God's calling couldn't come true. And I look at this question from Mary, and I I surely couldn't fault Mary because this would seem obviously impossible. She couldn't understand how this could take place. And so let's see the angel's response to Mary. She asked this question in verse 35 through 37. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month, for the word of God will never fail. Gabriel explains and addresses her question and explains to Mary how this would take place, that the Spirit of God would come upon Mary, and then she would become pregnant, and then also continues to say that the Spirit of God would overshadow her. As I thought, I read on this, like, what is overshadow? We see how he came upon her, but what is this overshadow? God's very presence would cover her. And if you look back, it's kind of the same as you see the, the cloud, right, with the Israelites as they were lost in the desert. As God's very presence there would cover them and guide them, and protect them. This Spirit of God, this picture of Jesus, we see more and more starting to be revealed to us as it surrounds her and covers her, just as Jesus does for, the Holy Spirit does for us today. And then as it continues to help Mary, you know, she's struggling, I'm sure, hearing this. I mean, it was quite confusing. Um, I love this part. To reassure her of what takes place, he reviews, he reveals Elizabeth and her miraculous pregnancy, and all the details. What I see this is like an assurance of faith given to Mary. Because I believe she had faith. That's why she was chosen. But you imagine hearing all this? I love how Jesus, he, just, he, he has mercy. Uh, he just gives this assurance to Mary to help her with her faith. Uh, look at verse 37 again. For the word of God will never fail. I love this. It's a promise. It's a fact. It's, it's our foundation of our faith that Jesus revealed to us through his word will never fail. So now we've looked at this. What do you think Mary will say now? Let's look at verse 38. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. I read this response from Mary, and I see it 
as faithful, but I also see some hesitation of some sort. I mean, look at her, look at the, how it says it. May everything you have said come true. I think she had faith. I, I'm not going to take that from her at all, but I see some hesitation. Um, like, faithful believing what God has said, but let's see how that's going to work out and let's see how that's going to take place. And God knew this would be how Mary would respond. So again, we know he gave her this assurance through Elizabeth that all that had been prophesied was true. Have you ever experienced that in your own walk as a Christian? That maybe um, God has spoken something to you and said, this is what I'm calling you to do or um, this is going to take place. You're like, I receive that and I believe it in faith, but let's see, I know I'm not really sure. But then sometime down the line, you get assurance of that to build your faith. That's what's happened with Mary. I was thinking of an example in my own life, and I've had it happen. Um, many years ago, before we came to Myanmar, when we were still um, kind of traveling around, I was sharing with someone at a camp that we were called to serve in Myanmar. Because I knew God called us there, but I didn't even know, hardly know where Myanmar was on a map. And I said, I think God's called me there, but we'll see what God does. So it's like my scapegoat, right? We're called there, but let's see what God does. And then as the, the day went on, a couple came up to Vicky and I, and they gave us this little note. I'd never met these people in my life. Don't know who they were. And we opened up this note, and there was $1,000 in there. And they said... They'd been saving it. And this little note, it said that God had told them they would meet someone at some point that they were supposed to give it to. And they handed it to us and said, this is the assurance of faith that God is calling you to Myanmar. So I got, I knew, I believed God called us to Myanmar. But I had these doubts, like, is this really true? And, you know, I hate to use the example of money. I, I do, but this is how God worked. I mean, and these people just, I, I never met these people before. And they're like... I, I want to be the first one to assure that God's calling on your life is true. That's what the, he used to show me. It's like, I move forward after that, trusting God's calling fully. And I had that assurance of faith. And I see this with her and Mary. I mean, the angel spoke to her, but then he gives, her, gives this assurance with Elizabeth. Go, go ahead and check it out. You'll see my word is true. And I, you know, I don't know. Let's see what Mary's going to do now. Verses 39 through 41. She's been told all these things, right? That she's going to give birth to the Messiah uh, and who Jesus was, what his name, and who he was. He's from the line of David. Gives all these things. And then gets this news about Elizabeth, her distant, distant family member she hasn't seen in a long time. That she's supposedly miraculously pregnant. And she gets all this news. So what's she going to do? What would you do? Well, we'd get on her phones, right? And call her. Well, they didn't have phones in, so let's see what she does. Verse 39 through 41. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Seeking confirmation, I believe, Mary went and headed out to visit Elizabeth. It's confirmed. God's word will never fail. You know, as I looked into this, it was probably a three or four day trip. This would be strange for a girl of Mary's age to travel in the wilderness three or four days. So it's obviously, it says that, uh, verse 39, it says a few days later. So it took her a few days to make the arrangements. I'm sure there was maybe some people that go back and forth. I don't know, found someone that was going there. We don't know how it happened. But it took her a few days to make the arrangements. 
And then she traveled these three or four days and went to see Elizabeth and see if what the angel said was really true. Mary, she was a faithful servant of God. But we see God is so graceful that he still gives her this assurance of what she, what he had said to her was true. It says in the verses, they greeted each other. Elizabeth is also given assurance and then filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's continue. Look at 42 through 45. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. When we read this, we see Elizabeth's response to the promise of God. She praises God. Elizabeth confirms to Mary that she is with child and that she is blessed through her faith. She confirms the child is the Messiah. Known on, the only way she could have known this was through the Holy Spirit being upon her. She had no other way to know it. It had to have been the Holy Spirit speaking to her, telling her these things. So Mary now has been assured that she has been chosen to bring Jesus the Messiah into the world. So let's see. She's going to rejoice here in verses 46 through 55. Let's read that. It says, Mary's, Mary responded, verse 46. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of this lonely servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and the haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he has made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his children forever. Mary now responds in praise, praising God. Look at verses 46 and 47. That's how she begins, right there, just praising God. It says, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And then she continues, look at uh, verse 48. She says, thank you. She's honored because she knows now that her Jesus would be remembered for generations. This is such a great honor to her. Then she, she continues all the way through 49 through 55 to just say who God is. He says he is holy, he's powerful, he's just, he's merciful. He's the one that we can trust if you look through there. You'll probably do a whole Bible study on this. I just love as I read this, and I, I really like the closing probably more than all, the last uh, 55. It says, she knows Jesus has revealed God's promise. Jesus has been revealed. He's made the promise to our ancestors, to Abraham, and to his children forever. We'll read the last verse here while we're there. 56, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months, and they went back to their own home. So after all of this, we see that then Mary spent some time with Elizabeth. I can only imagine of the conversations they had during the three months. I mean, from praising the Lord here, to the reality of what was taking place, um, to the reality of what she was going to do. Um, obviously, 
She's going to have to have a discussion with Joseph coming up here. I'm sure they talked about that. I'm sure their conversations were quite interesting as much as joy as she uh, faced. I think that, you know, as I kind of shared that story about going to Myanmar and the calling, I also think, you know, Mary now has been blessed with this amazing, amazing blessing to be the mother of Jesus. But with that, I can imagine just wondering, you know, how am I going to explain this? What's going to take place? I don't know. You know, as I begin this message today, I asked us all to look at the world around us. And as I started to think about the world around me, I don't know what you guys saw and what you thought. Um, I saw a very hopeless world around me. I saw that we live in a very fallen world that's full of sin and full of death. And, you know, as I asked that and I went through all the statistics with all the different things going on, I asked myself, how how do I deal with that? How do I walk through that living here? Um, I want to turn to a few verses, starting with Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. The answer is Jesus. Verse 6. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on its shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus has been revealed to each one of us. We are, we are not hopeless. We each have a purpose in this fallen world that we live in. Each of us has given a promise of eternal life, knowing that we are adopted into his family. We is each been given a purpose to go out and reveal the love of Jesus to those around, to all of us. To share that there is hope inside of this world that we live in. As we look at COVID, as we look at death, as we look at war, we look at all these things. As I talked about my friend dying and leaving his wife and children, there's hope even inside of that through Jesus Christ. And the answer is Jesus. And I don't, you know, to explain that to them kids, I still wonder, you know, it's incredibly difficult, but the truth is Jesus. It's just the hope in Jesus is the answer. You know, what we experience here in this world as we walk through all these difficult situations in these times, it's just a brief moment in our existence. Um, God has a place for all that has placed their faith in Jesus. Hope has been revealed to us through Jesus. And I hope that we will worship God as we've seen Mary doing. And then we can rest in the truth of the passages that we read. The word of God will never fail us, we read there. I want to close with one more verse. Ephesians chapter 3. It's like seven verses. We're going to look at 14 through 21. I was thinking how to close this message as we see Jesus revealed to Mary and we start to learn the characteristics of who Jesus is and see the Mary's response and what our response should be to Jesus being revealed to each one of us and our purpose. I just love how Paul speaks of this here in Ephesians 4 chapter 14. So I'd like to read it. When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, all glory to God, who is able 
through his mighty power at, at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. I can't look to this world for hope. I, my hope alone is in Jesus. And his promise of Jesus has been revealed to each one of us. So we can take assurance, as Mary had assurance in this story, that his word was true. As I received assurance through God using a, a wonderful couple, the, the word of God will never fail us. Even as the world around us will fail us. It will fail us. People will fail us. But the word of God will never fail us. I just, I, I don't know. It's been, it's been a rough, rough go. I was just seeing all these things and getting all the news uh, about our friends and the different things happening. And as I look at it, my hope's in Jesus. And the more and more I'll place my faith in Jesus and understand who he is and the promises that he has for each one of us. That's where I have to go in times as this as I see the, the world just getting worse around us. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, as I see the world around me, Lord, I just thank you that you have revealed our, yourself to each one of us, Lord. That is, the world around us is hopeless, Lord, facing all these different things that they face, Lord, resorting to all the different actions from drugs and alcohol to different lifestyles to sinful action. Lord, we come before you and place our hope in you, Lord. We come to you in faith, Lord, and realize that, Lord, you love us so much, Lord, that you've given us the opportunity to be part of the kingdom of God, Lord, dying on the cross, forgiving our sins, Lord. So, Lord, I just pray that you would continue to reveal yourself to this lost and dying world, Lord. As the people look around and question, how could there be a God? You're there. Your word is true, Lord. And our hope is placed in you. Lord, I just, I just pray for comfort of our friends and family that are out there right now, Lord, as they're facing these incredibly difficult circumstances, as their loved ones are dying around them. Lord, I just pray that your spirit would become upon them in ways they would just have peace, Lord, knowing that they will be united one day in heaven. Lord, I pray that you'd give us words to share with them, scriptures to share with them, Lord, that would draw them to you to understand your mercy and your grace. Lord, as we look at the world around us and we see all the people around us in our circles, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would go out and just be part of that revealing of you to the world, that we'd go out and share the good news of Jesus, that this world may be hopeless, but we have hope in you and joining, just inheriting heaven, Lord. So, Lord, I praise you and I thank you, Lord. Again, I pray especially for all my friends facing all these things today, Lord, that you would reveal yourself more and more to them. They would understand your grace and your mercy and your promises more and more each day, Lord. And I thank you for the assurances that you do give us, Lord. Lord, you ask us to come to you in faith, but you give us assurances along the way many, many times just to help us along the way because we fail so miserably so often. So I thank you for that. Lord, just be with us this week, Lord. Reveal yourself to each one of us in new and miraculous ways. Show us how we can be used by you. In Jesus' name, amen.